0: Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. Please have your Bible ready. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. You are invited back at 5 p.m. I'll be dealing with the 145th Psalm. The book of Psalms, chapter 145 at 5 o'clock. One point I'll make tonight is... We need to renew our sense of wonder about God and his goodness. It will equip us for good living and peace of mind and a good eternity. It will be a sermon for everyone at 5 p.m. Now this morning, I'm returning to a series I'm delivering one Sunday morning, a month this year, called It's What Christians do. And this is based on passages from the book of Acts. Let me briefly review what we've done so far. In January, attention was given to the phrase in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In February, Christians stick together. They help each other they form local local groups of activity. In March, how Christians shared with other Christians in time of disaster and need, and last month, what it means to praise God in worship and in life. The theme all this year one Sunday morning a month, it's what Christians do. So, we're working with that again this morning. And I'm going to ask you to listen again to what is written in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. This is the final verse in Acts chapter 5. It says, "...and every day in the temple and from house to house they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus." Listen to me very carefully, folks. The book of Acts not only tells us what to do to be saved. It tells us what people who were saved did. Listen again, please. The book of Acts not only tells us what to do to be saved, it tells us what people who were saved did. They spread the message. They told others about the Savior they found and they responded to and that they were living under the authority of. They talked to people about how to respond to him initially and then throughout life. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching They stuck together, they shared with others the message of salvation. Our subject today is preaching the gospel. And again, I'm going to say about it, it's what Christians do. We don't hide in a cave. We don't form a virtually invisible cult we let our lights shine before men through the influence of our discipleship which means we share with others the message we responded to preaching the gospel it's what christians do and please don't just think of a pulpit in a building don't just think of a pulpit in a building Think of the whole range of opportunity presented to us to spread the gospel. Think of the whole variety of opportunities. At a kitchen table with your neighbor. At a coffee shop with your friend. Over lunch with a co-worker. A home Bible study in your neighborhood through a website that you direct people to that contains Bible teaching, lhmacallen.org, using other legitimate digital communication. Preachers and audiences in pulpits, yes. But I want us to think of the whole scope of opportunity afforded us to share the gospel with those who who are lost think of the variety of opportunities presented to us support the public preaching of the gospel of course but also bring people to where the word is being proclaimed ask people to visit the website be alert to conversational opportunities to speak the gospel i tell you it's what Christians do now let's explore this further let's see what delivering the gospel to people is all about as to content in the opening chapters of the book of Acts I'm referring especially to chapter 2 and chapter 3 the content of gospel preaching is revealed And you can discern a pattern that does not vary. And I will explore that with you briefly prior to the main points I'm going to make. After Jesus ascended into heaven that we talked about in a sermon here a couple of weeks ago, The Apostles gathered in Jerusalem as they had been instructed, and the Holy Spirit came on them as the Lord had promised to guide them into all the truth and the miraculous certification of that truth, the truth of the gospel. The Apostle Peter's sermon is recorded in Acts chapter 2, and here's what we discover. Drawing from Peter's sermon in Acts 2 and factoring in the next episode in chapter 3 and then following through in the book of Acts, it is this simple, starting with Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. First, he asked people to listen. "'Give ear to my words. Men of Israel,' Peter said, "'hear these words.'" he called for attention he cited scripture he said in that sermon here is what the prophet Joel wrote it's being fulfilled he proclaimed Jesus Christ he said about Jesus Christ a man attested to you by God with mighty words and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. Peter proclaimed the truth about Jesus Christ. He exposed their sin. Sin, after all, is the problem the gospel was given to address. So you bring up the problem. Peter said, you crucified and you killed the Son of God. And then Peter called for a response. It was response-oriented preaching. And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Now, the pattern is set early in the book of Acts, right here in chapter 2, and you can follow through in chapter 3, and it remains throughout the book as to the content of the message, no variation. There are several sermons in the book of Acts. They're delivered by different men in different places to a variety of audiences, public, one-on-one, house-to-house, but one message. One message. God and His plan revealed in the Old Testament is foundational and it's been fulfilled in the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is proclaimed who He is and what He did. His death, burial, resurrection, His ascension to the right hand of God in order that our sin can be forgiven when we respond to Him. And we can live in such a way as to anticipate heaven that's the message people who were saved shared with others what that message was who they had responded to and how people needed to respond according to the teachings of the apostles i tell you it's what christians do they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now, we could stop here, but you know me. I can stop here, but I want to take us further into this great work of sharing the greatest message you could ever speak or write to anyone, the gospel. We know what the message is. We're going to now look further. Number one. The gospel was preached despite opposition and risk. I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 4 this time. Acts chapter 4. I'm going to be reading 29 to 31 after I give you the context. Peter and John were delivering this message... And they were summoned to appear before the authorities in Jerusalem. When they appeared before the authorities in Jerusalem, the authorities had a very simple directive. Shut up. Stop preaching. We will not have this message in our community. They were told to stop preaching the gospel, and they were told under threat. They said to the authorities, Peter and John, We cannot stop. We cannot but tell what we've observed that came from God. We cannot stop. Well, this time they were released and when they got back with the brethren, remember they stuck together, they prayed together And I'm in Acts chapter 4 now at verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It's what Christians do. But it raises a penetrating question, doesn't it, when we read this history about the initial stages of the presentation of the gospel, it raises a penetrating question for us, what if this happened today? Imagine that we are told by the government, that's it, shut the door, stop meeting, and shut up about that gospel. Will we obey their command? Will we hide and go underground? Will we be careful to not speak the gospel? Or will we pray for more boldness to continue preaching the word? I think we know what Christians ought to do from now on. We ought to strengthen ourselves now with the word of God and the example of Christ and the apostles' directives so that we're ready if this ever happens. I think we know what we ought to do. No matter the threats, the risk, or any efforts to silence us, we will preach the gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Number two, the gospel was preached to all. Acts 10, 35. Simon Peter was called to the house of Cornelius to take the gospel to a Gentile family. And Peter's attitude was, now wait a minute. Peter hesitated. He was hindered by his previous isolation from those people. It took a miracle to convince him. But he got the message, and he arrived at the family of the Gentile, Cornelius, and Peter spoke the truth when he said this, In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. What word did I emphasize? I'll let you hear it again. Peter said, In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. The gospel was taken to all nations, all men and women of all races and backgrounds and languages. It says here in Acts 10.35, Anyone... This is what Christians do. We take the gospel to anyone. We don't say to anyone, you can't hear it. We take the gospel to anyone. Here's what we don't do. We don't search around and look for people who look like us and talk like us and who occupy similar social condition. Anyone. All. All. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Rome, you heard it earlier, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes and acts on that belief is welcome into the family of God. And that truth is illustrated by Peter taking the gospel to this Gentile family and making this important statement. In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. It's what Christians do. Number three, I'm going to take us back to Acts 2. The main emphasis in the message we read about in the New Testament was and is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for us and was raised from the dead. Listen to Acts 2. I'm going to start at verse 22. This is that sermon Peter delivered. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this for you yourselves to see and hear. What is the subject? No. Who is the subject? Jesus Christ and him crucified. And all through Acts, he is the subject. I'm turning to Acts chapter 17, and I'm going to read verses 2 and 3 about Paul's work. Paul went in, as his custom was, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. This is important. You can tell someone everything the Bible says about repentance and baptism and the church and good living, but if you don't connect all that to Jesus Christ, you have not preached the gospel. You can memorize everything the Bible says about repentance and baptism and the church and good living. But if you don't connect all that to Jesus Christ, if you fail to proclaim the cross of Christ as man's salvation, and talk about Jesus exalted to the right hand of God, you haven't really preached the gospel. It is the gospel of Christ concerning who he is, what he did, what he offers, and then what he asks us to do. See, this is why Paul said, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also, who are in Rome. But what is this gospel? Go back to Romans 1.1. 1, 1, concerning his son. Who was descended from David according to the flesh. Declared to be the son of God. In power according to the spirit of holiness. By his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the subject Of gospel preaching. Preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified is what Christians do. Then finally, I want to bring up the gospel was preached with all boldness. When Peter and John were threatened, they prayed for more boldness. When Paul came near the end of his sojourn, look at the last verse in Acts. Acts 28:31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. What is this boldness? It doesn't mean you must be abrasive and insulting or arrogant. It does not include any self-righteousness. It has to do with distinctive preaching from the text of Scripture that has clarity. Given with a serious tone, storming the will and challenging people to believe in Jesus Christ and obey Him. It's what Christians do. Preaching the gospel publicly, privately, orally, or in writing through digital or other modern methods at a kitchen table in a coffee shop preaching the text of scripture about who Jesus is and what we need to do in response to him. It is not intended to entertain. It is not just academic knowledge to learn and remember and maybe parrot to others. It is not to convey opinion or be the basis of human creed writing. It is God-centered, having to do with His plan to save man from sin through Jesus Christ. It's what Christians do. Every Christian needs to engage in self-inquiry. Every one of us. What am I doing to spread the gospel? Do I have family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers who need to hear the gospel? Do I invite them? Do I bring up the subject? Do I speak to them about the kingdom that I'm a citizen of? Do I tell them what the New Testament says about the pure and undefiled religion of Christ? Paul said, I am not Ashamed of the gospel. May that be our attitude and our ambition, and isn't it true that we can do better? The message is so simple God is above all the Bible is God's word Christ is the son of God sin is man's problem but by the grace of God we can be redeemed by the blood of Christ the response directed by the apostles is hearing this message believe in him repent of your sin confess your faith be baptized and then live faithfully from baptism until you die. If you need to respond to that, please come while we stand together to sing.